Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast taped on Twitch, brought to you, available on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. Uh, I'm David. I'm a noob, and I'm also your friend who you think is a dick, but is actually totally justified in separating myself from your toxic behavior. You're wait. I don't want to be the Hogan of this situation. I wasn't. Uh, I, I, that wasn't directing that at you. I was directing it out ethereally. Ah, the you. The you. you. It, it was. It was a. It was. It was a. Um. Uh. Theoretical you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Of course. Uh. We. We. Yes. We are returning to 1987 to continue Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, which of course, Andre was totally in the right the whole time. Hogan's a giant dick. Fuck. Hulk, Hogan. Simple message. Easy as pie. Yep. Three words. Mm. Yes. Uh, so we are on the road to WrestleMania 3. Only a couple weeks to go. But before we get there, we have a Saturday night's main event. Now, I didn't bring back the Elton John lyrics. Like I did for episode two. All the way back in episode two, when we first did a Saturday night's main event episode. I'm gratified for that. But uh, Saturday for because it's been so long since we've done one, I'll go ahead and reiterate what that is. Saturday night's main event was basically uh, WWE had a great relationship with NBC, especially their uh, uh, Dick Ebersol, who was in charge of the channel at that point. And during weeks where S where Saturday Night Live was on um, was on a break, WWE would take the time slot. Again, weird. I said this back in episode two. I'll say it again. Weird time slot taker, but okay. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, because especially because this is an era where WWE is only doing, well, four pay per views a year starting in 1987, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, okay. At this point in time, the only pay per view was WrestleMania on a, on a yearly basis. <laughs> And they would start getting more pay-per-views in the later in 87. But Saturday night's main event could be considered quasi pay-per-view. At the very least, it was always like it was understood these were big shows that are important. And they they put important stuff on these shows. I mean, yeah, the last one, the the first ever Saturday night main event we did was the formation of the superpowers. They go weirdly hard for this, like, for this Saturday night live time filler. Yeah, they they they, they recognize their opportunity being on on network television and decide to take advantage of it. So, this is the March fourteenth, nineteen eighty seven Saturday night's main event. Uh, weeks away, I only a, a cut, I think two weeks before WrestleMania three. Mm -hmm. And uh, since our last time in, in the uh, in the 80s, well, uh, I guess we should go ahead and just mention what happened last time we were here yeah. is that mostly it was about the Andre Hogan contract signing, uh, was the big thing where mm -hmm. Hogan kind of just shook like a maniac the whole time because this is what he this is what him being mad his his mad acting looks like yeah great Hulk Hogan fucking Olivier tier actor 
why is anybody questioning his performing? I, I think he should have done very well in Hollywood, and the failure of his movie career makes me very confused. That's yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> so he, Hogan overacts like a maniac. Andre just kind of like acts like a normal person. We got we got some great quotes from Hogan though, like when Andre starts speaking French at him, and he goes, "You speak English when you're talking to me." Yeah, and that then, was that was bad. And then right at the end, he's like, "This contract was signed in blood," when it was in fact <laughs> not signed in blood. It was signed uh, with ink. Little fucker. <laughs> Uh, other than that, not a whole lot went down because um, we because they have all the WrestleMania matches set. And as we talked about last time, we're in this era of storytelling where it's like we get to the match. And after we get the match, in terms of like they've announced it, we just kind of spin our wheels till the match actually happens. Yeah, I the the, the fact that this is a mode, right? It's it always it, it's they they struggle they they've struggled for so long to to pace this out better and it's just depressing to watch. Mm-hmm. Which there has been an episode of primetime wrestling since our last episode, and I was I like I was I how was there would... so much? I mean, we were again we're two weeks out. Well, right? I know, but and... like. We're... But like I, I I like I need to put this in context. I forgot what you had said at the end of our last episode, and so I assumed that this '80s episode was WrestleMania three and the end of it. I didn't realize we had another fucking week in between. There's nothing else to do. Why are we still here? I mean, the thing is, like again, I was gonna talk about the March 9th episode of Primetime Wrestling, but there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Like it's an episode of nothing. Uh, best, uh, except for I guess two things I'm willing to make because they're inter- they're they're um uh, an interesting observation. Uh, first, we got the debut of Outback Jack. We mm-hmm. brought him up a little while ago because he's just this obnoxious uh, Australian uh, uh, stereotype that I didn't know existed, and he finally yeah. debuted, and he was terrible. And the audience went mild for it. It was great. That sounds hilarious. Now, uh, Bobby Heenan absolutely buried this dude. Just murdered him completely with the line of, you know, it'll take it'll take a good man to beat Outback Jack, but it won't take him long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't need a uh, we don't need ten to twelve minutes to to warm up. To warm up now. No, Greg Greg Valentine will not need the time. Oh, oh damn. That's impressive. Uh, then we got, there was a Butch Reed match where uh, Reverend Slick was on commentary and Gorilla Monsoon told him straight up that if he interfered in the match, Gorilla would kick his ass. Thank, th- thank you. That, that, was, that was a very helpful contribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Ricky Steamboat, we got a we got a, a decent kind of promo from him talking about how like he's been in this business a long time and he knows he doesn't have that many opportunities to win the Intercontinental Title, so he's got it's all on the line at WrestleMania three. Well, Godspeed to him. Good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
So on this Saturday night's main event, uh, the two big things to mention is that number one, Randy Savage will be defending the Intercontinental title uh, against who? I don't know. I, I avoided spoilers for this, so I don't know what the matchup is. Fair enough. And there will be a battle royal featuring the big names. Uh, this the the Peacock ad specifically mentions Andre and Hogan are going to be in the battle royal. So this will be their first in like while it's not a match, it will be their first in ring um, interaction uh, interaction. Uh, since the heel turn and their and their only in-ring interaction until that we will see on TV anyway, until WrestleMania. So that that could that has the potential to be interesting. Sounds yeah, what fucking fucking sure that we we're we're uh, we're getting a little preview, a little taste of what's to come, uh, a tiny taste of WrestleMania three incoming, mm. but. And so that, that's kind of the end of my front half spiel. Don't have a lot to say here. Uh, so if you would like to watch uh, this Saturday night's main event along with us, you can do so at Peacock, uh, PeacockTV.com. That is WWE's American streaming partner. Uh, not a great service. Sorry, Peacock. You don't pay me enough to, to say you're good. Yeah, um, fuck, fuck you, Peacock. Hey. So you can watch uh, for four nine nine a month with ads, nine 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 a month without ads. Uh, you can get access to Peacock streaming service, which has the WWE portion to it. Uh, if you're outside of the U.S., you can still use the WWE Network, which would st- which would still be nine ninety nine American dollary dues. If, don't 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 give it to them. But if you want to watch along with us, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, then we'll be back in the back half to talk about Saturday night's main event. And we are back. Uh, We have just finished the Saturday night's main event for March 14th, 1987. And okay. uh, Um, Yeah, our wheels, we did spin indeed. I got to say, though, like. If we had to have a wheel spinning episode, I'm glad it was this chaotic. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Look, this probably would have been more fun had we been around in the era and had any modicum investment of what the fuck was going on. But like, Christ, it was just so like everything that wasn't the stuff we're already in for is so it felt so like what the. Fuck? Just so many like little moments. I couldn't really make much of it outside of just all these little like what the fuck is going on things. Yeah. Um. So we want to start with the battle royal, or just kind of go in order here. I mean, well, before the battle royal, we got the main event. The the um uh, the the intercontinental title match. You want to start with that? Was that was that wait was was that an intercontinental title match? Oh, yeah, it was. Fuck, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's just just better to go in chronological order for these things, I think. But, like, Christ. So, Elizabeth is the prize to be won here. Right. You know, fuck the the title. We're fighting for Elizabeth, first and foremost. uh, Yeah, that's 
that's the thing. And it, okay, so thanks. I hate a, it as a bit of a reminder for people what this plot line is. Is that yeah? Is that sure? Macho Man Randy Savage is the Intercontinental title and is facing Ricky Steamboat at uh, WrestleMania for that title. At the mm-hmm. same time, he's running this storyline with George the Animal Steel, who is a big, dumb, hairy dude. David, we got to see some of his fine promo skills tonight, and we'll get to that in a second uh. when we finish explaining all this. And he is attracted to Elizabeth, and he keeps trying to take her away from Savage. And because he's a baby face and the and, and Macho Man is a heel, all the baby faces in the company are like, this is fine. Nothing, nothing wrong here. What the fuck? Look, look. I know a company run by Vincent J. McMahon in the not Vincent hey, McMahon. Whatever. Hey McMahon. Jay yeah. Yeah, oh, pardon me. Yeah, either way, in the fucking 1980s, I am aware at this point that it's not going to be great about women. It's 2021, and dude is still probably a little weird about that shit. But, like, dear lord, the fact that it's Elizabeth is the prize to be won, and instead of looking at both of these men and saying, what the fuck are you doing trying to win this woman, this human woman you are trying to attain possession of her in a wrestling mat oh no there's a clear morality as to which woman attainer is the better one to be had here what and i and i do want to emphasize that they don't they don't try to emphasize it as her managerial services they don't phrase oh. it like that they say win her yeah and Dean tries to for a hot second but right and like again the notion of of her not being their manager but a romantic partner is also very obvious in that yep. george is clearly wanting to do that with elizabeth and oh. vince mcmahon out here saying like what a what a couple they would be it's oh like, god and even I... in, in Mean Gene's interview with Randy Savage before the match, he's like, well, there are rumors that Elizabeth is something more than just your manager, Macho Man. And Ma- Macho doesn't dignify that with a response. And Jesse not. Ventura on commentary gets offended at the question. But Dude, Mean Gene telling it like it fucking is, though. He's, he's not. Mean Gene. Mean Gene Oakland. My man based in red pill from the very start is not here for any of this. Now he explicitly says that, you know, live to Elizabeth, you know, this is a situation flip a coin heads. You lose tails. You lose, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He said that. And you know, I, I I've been, I've been simping hard for Bobby, the brain Heenan in this, uh, in, in, in this particular arc because he's correct. But I was rudely reminded during hog wild when we covered that that heenan may or may not actually be sincere in his morally correct defense of andre the giant so instead i have decided that my friendship with bobby heenan has ended and mean gene oakland is my new best friend now because <laughs> mean gene is always constant always has that good moral compass 
tells it like it fucking is and is and is not a fan of the idea that we are trying to take possession of this human female via a fucking wrestling match. Dear God, every time the words Wayna Elizabeth are spoken in succession, a small part of me dies inside. Yeah. Uh, I want to appreciate that Elizabeth uh, was appropriately uncomfortable this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that, but she also had to play it, of course. Like this damsel in distress. Oh, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm so worried, you guys. Oh, no. Instead of the proper response, which is, wait, they're going to fucking what? Nah, nah, -uh. I'm not having any part of this. Goodbye. I will speak to McMahon about my goddamn contract. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think women's lib has reached the WWF yet. Please really? call back later. Really? Really? You don't say. Dear God. Okay, yeah, also, so, also, you, 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 you briefly mentioned it, but Ventura and McMahon can also both shut the fuck up. Probably, yes. The, though tonight I had far too many moments of saying, you have a good point, Jesse. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Also, I want to throw it back too for a second to Savage when he's like promo working with Mean Gene and Elizabeth and he's like, I'm going to get out there. And I'm gonna go and kick George the Steel Animal's ass because he's not going to win my manager. And I don't the the way he was playing this jealousy angle for yeah, I don't think he was acting. I don't think this oh, he, was a, oh no, there's no way that was act don't think that was second. acting. I no, this is made really. even worse. By Macho Man's real-life IRL behavior toward his wife, Miss Elizabeth, and his deeply held insecurities about her daring to look at another person with a penis between his legs. Mm -hmm. uh, only thing of the promo I, I even remember, which because I, I thought it was funny, was... At the end, he tries to drag Elizabeth to with along with her, and then and Okerlund's like, "No, nah, Elizabeth going last tonight. Them's the rules. Yeah. Rules are made to be broken." And then he just walks off without her anyway. <laughs> yeah, wrestlers don't always wrestlers like Savage uh, don't don't always think real hard about what they're saying before they do, and they mm -hmm. especially don't think real hard about any sort of consistency to their actions after they say the things they do. And right. oh boy, uh, Vince McMahon was sure to jump on that at one point later on yep. when George Steele was doing, I don't know, something rule breaky. Probably eating the turnbuckles. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I think, no, I think he said that he said that when he was biting Savage's arm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Jesse Ventura's like, now, where's this law and order that you're such a fan of, Vince? And Vince is like, well, Randy Savage was saying that, that rules are meant to be broken, so we're just following your logic here, Jesse. Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Also, also, or, or no, no, McMahon specifically says, 
Um, so I, I guess uh, I guess Steel was listening when Savage said rules are made to be broken. And the next line from Ventura, I don't know why, but the delivery was so beautiful. Something about it. Ventura replies with, yeah, and obviously Steel was listening. Look at him. He's eating another turnbuckle again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just, just, it's so funny because uh, Ventura, Ventura just seems so disappointed. Like he's, he, he seems to like like resigned to like yep yeah, he's eating another fucking turnbuckle. This is how this is how this is this is this my is life right going. now this, in this, this moment. Is my, this this is indeed. I, I mean, at least Ventura wasn't the one trying to defend that. I but it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, of course he was listening. He's eating another turnbuckle. Yeah, oh, uh, Jesse Ventura is put in the position of kind of defending fair play for once. Uh, normally he's the one defending heels cheating under the guise of, well, if, if you, if you win, you win. Yeah. But tonight Savage was on his best behavior and Steel was the one eating turnbuckle pads. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 this era just continues to be a case study in it's okay if the faces do it, I guess. It's okay if your side does it. That's it. <laughs> that's that's oh man, we're working off some some real great uh political analysis here. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Before I go any further in the match, I do want to quickly touch on we got the George Steele promo. He could like uh, Which uh also poor Elizabeth getting interrupted multiple times trying multiple to actually times. she never gets to promo. Because Savage always interrupts her. So, and, and then George interrupts her too. He kind of wanders over. And <laughs> you got me, Gene, being like, you're, you're drooling, George. <laughs> oh, you've, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, and, and, and George is like, Elizabeth, manager. And, 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 oh. and he has to be like, yes, George. He he is she is Macho Man Randy Savage's manager, and he, he's a George's manager. Oh, this this it's a little sad to watch an English teacher pretend to be this stupid. Wait, I'm well, sorry. I what I don't know what T. Te- I don't, actually I don't remember what what um what class he teaches specifically but after his wrestling career is over George Steele becomes a teacher you know I can't remember if you've mentioned this before but even if you have that deserves another what I mean dope fucking great happy for him but what the fuck mm-hmm. the, 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 the trajectories yeah He's got he's, so, man, he's got to win all of the fun fact icebreakers every he single does. one. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of fun facts here. Fun n- name. Give us your name and one fun fact about yourself. Hi, yes, I used to eat turnbuckle pads in the WWF. What? <laughs> and then, the and then Gene, yeah, but then Gene mentions the match, and he's and he's like, win. Bye. And then he walks yeah, off. Yeah, he says, "Way to buy and leave." At, mm, art, best oh. promo. I pipe bomb. What? No, nothing no. compares. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So we get to the match. Elizabeth has to sit in a in like in a in a in a in a in a, in a, a lifeguard seat. 
in the heart in front of the hard cam. This is a disgrace to lifeguards everywhere, by the way. And not only is she in the middle of the camera shot, we also get close-ups, picture-in-picture of her reactions to stuff. The Elizabeth cam. It's the Elizabeth great. cam. Anyway, the match is a whole lot of whatever. Randy mm-hmm. Savage almost, tries to almost immediately bail and take Elizabeth with him, and Ricky Steamboat shows up to force him to go back. Shocking. So they wrestle as like as like I said earlier, it's basically like Randy Savage is actually kind of being on his best behavior. Meanwhile, yeah. George Steele is out here ripping up, eating turnbuckles. He bites Randy Savage in the arm like a yeah, zombie he, person. He's not exactly the most up citizen in terms of faces, and I'm kind mm-hmm. of shocked he is a face at all, but okay. I mean, if you want to talk about characters that shouldn't be faces, we'll get to that later, I think. Oh, well, of course, we've been getting to that this entire fucking arc. But, well, you know, oh, not that, not that guy, a different. Oh, guy. oh, a different guy. There's a lot but of also guys, that guy. but also that be guy. faces around here. Um, yeah, detecting a pattern. And then eventually what happens is George tries to steal Elizabeth again. Steal. And despite and Vince McMahon's best efforts to frame this as she's going willingly with George, even though George pulls her by the arm to take her off the, to the high chair. Oh my god! Uh, Savage attacks George, and this and like Elizabeth just hightails it out of here into the back, and yeah. George picks uh, uh, Randy Savage picks up the chair that Elizabeth was sitting in. Throws it on George Steele. No disqualification. That is the second time in a row we've had Randy Savage hit somebody with a chair in view of the referee and no disqualification. And then he wins by countout. (laughs) Great. The refs really doing their job tonight. Yeah, we're doing great here. God. What was that? Savage hightailing it out of here. Uh... George Steele uh, poses with the with the with the Intercontinental title. You know, I might have enjoyed that match to any extent. Were we not fighting to win Elizabeth? Yeah, if you have this match exact same way, but that isn't part of the stipulation, then it's probably a fun enough match. It would have been fine. Why did we have to make the lady fight, the, the, the fight for the lady part of it? Fuck off. Well, I suppose the right guy won in this situation. I mean, at least Macho Man isn't committing kidnapping. So I guess, Jesus. I guess imagine, he's the one. Imagine fucking Macho Man being the preferable, like, romantic partner in this case. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, moving on, we have the Battle Royal. And before that, throughout the... We've had... We get three different Hulk Hogan promos before this Battle Royal. Yeah. And he says the same thing every time. Yes. Why I'm going to only highlight some bits that I feel worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Namely, uh, something I noticed that for in our continued exploration of Hulk Hogan recontextualizing everything that's going on in this feud to make himself be in the right. Yep. I've noticed for the first time 
he is talking about how he is framing Andre's betrayal as not just a betrayal of him, though he's still saying it's a betrayal of him. He's yeah. also betraying all the little Hulkamaniacs that look yeah. up to him. Since when? What? Why? Whomst? So now he is, it's not just that he betrayed Hogan. He betrayed millions of children. Therefore, he is the bad guy. Yeah, love the moral crusading at work. Thanks, Hogan. That definitely helps my perception of you. Also, I would say that, like, in all of these, Hogan is acting like an absolute Muppet, but that's an insult to Muppets. Like, mm -hmm. he, in the first one, okay, so the first one is before we even get to the main event of Savage versus Steel, we get a set of preview promos of what's to come in the episode. I recall this from the last time we did Saturday yeah, Night ever, Main Event. Ever, ever, all the matches got touched on by a bunch of different Yeah, people. a little bit. Um, In Hogan's bit for that, I, I've gotten these vibes before, but this time I really feel compelled to 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 point it out. Because Hogan is, of course, just acting like, oh, oh, when you when you tore my my shirt off, when you tore my cross off, that's when this became war, brother. And I Hogan is acting like he's just been kind of wanting to kick his friend's ass. For a while, like he's always had that inclination, just that thought in the back of his head of just man, this guy's such a chump. What if I just kicked his ass? But there was a part of him that's not good, but that cares about optics. It's like, no, that's a bad idea because he didn't do anything that'll make you look like an asshole, which you are. But he is. He finally has an excuse to kick Andre's ass, and he seems really excited about the fact that he finally has a reason to backstab his friend out in the open like this. Again, not at all intentional on Hulk's part, but dear God, if it doesn't feel like it's there nonetheless, because mm -hmm. fuck Hulk Hogan. Now, he he said that he is obsessed. He is gonna, He's going to fight through every man he has to fight through to get to you tonight in this battle royal, Andre. He said it, it, if there are, it doesn't matter if there's 450 men in the battle royal. Thankfully, there was only 20. Yep. Um, and 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 then, and then later he cuts another one later and he's fucking doing like the I don't even remember what oh, they yeah. are, one of those like workout things where you you have mm -hmm. the you have the handles that you hold on to and you squeeze it together and it's a resistance thing yeah uh he has one of those and he's just pumping it up he's like Andre oh, just, oh, kick their ass oh, oh. and it's like Jesus dude this is so cartoony and dumb why is this our main character he's such a fucking caricature yeah uh by comparison he and andre are just like yeah we're gonna win yeah they're dignified as shit shocking <laughs> so we get to the old battle royal it's kind of it's kind of neat uh it's, it's a little bit of like a bunch of people we've seen in varying amounts up to this point yeah yeah it's kind of all the biggest players that don't otherwise have a match on this show a hodgepodge of and you were there yeah and so the match immediate like i like to th it battle royals are kind of uh messy clusterfucks mm -hmm. uh in uh, 
even in the best of times. So yeah. I like I like to think about like what were the story beats of this match, or at least to my best ability to parse them. And to be fair, I had a really easy time in this match because it was all about Hogan and Andre. Eight the other eighteen people in this match were window dressing. Oh, oh, very true. This was, we want to get Andre and Hogan and Rain together, but we're actually being smart about it and not just, like, giving a, an early version of that match before mm -hmm. WrestleMania. So they they did something actually intelligent by making it about them and everyone else is there, too, I guess. Yeah, everyone else is there to kind of force Hogan and Andre to fight other people to get to the guy they want to fight to. Yes. And it works. To be fair, you like immediate from this as soon as the match starts and Hogan and Andre get in the ring, everybody gangs up on one of them, as if they understand that these are the two most dangerous men in this in this match. Yeah, and we gotta take them out first. Oh, they go. They well, they try. They get Hogan in the same position like two or three times of him fucking mm -hmm. setting up on the top rope and they're just trying so hard to tip him over, but for some. Some for some, some reason, reason like, for some reason four grown men can't tip Hogan yeah. over even though they already have his feet lifted in the air. Yeah, I don't know how the physics on that one is supposed to work. And mm -hmm. as we've learned when it comes to wrestling, you just don't think about it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I have the I have the setup of um who got eliminated by who. But I will say is that the vast majority of the eliminations in this match come from Hogan or Andre. Just chucking dudes out oh, of yeah. the match. First some, one is Honky Tonk. Bye-bye. Yeah, Honky Honky Tonk Man, uh, his suspenders just immediately thrown out of there. And then Oof. you get uh, Sika thrown out by Andre. Haku gets of the uh, one half of the uh, Islanders gets thrown out by Andre. Lanny Poffo gets thrown out by Andre, and he like his nose is busted. I don't know how much of this was a mess. This was, I don't know if that, I don't know if that was like a, a blade situation or if that was legit. I don't know. Yeah. They tried, they sold it as Andre headbutted him so hard. Yeah. But he was blood gushing all over his face and they like take him out on a, on a stretcher. Yeah, uh, Ron Bass gets eliminated by Hogan. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan gets thrown out by Andre. And I want to take this moment to kind of bring up this kind of a, this kind of cool bit they do with Andre is throughout, is it feels like throughout the mats, they consistently would use other big dudes on the roster to match up with Andre as if to show off how he's even bigger than them. Like they oh, call yeah. it out with they call it out with Blackjack Mulligan, who is also like almost seven feet tall, is a huge motherfucker. But mm. he does it with Hillbilly Jim too, who is also almost seven feet tall. Hillbilly Jim is fucking huge. He is. Uh, he gets in there. Uh, Ron Bass is pretty big too, to be honest. Uh, so like when if there, if there is a dude in the match who's just a behemoth they put him up there with andre just so andre can dwarf can dwarf them yeah pretty much which is a I mean, really it's, cool it's, which is a really cool idea yeah i was gonna say it's executed on well like it's it's a mm -hmm. very distinct very what's the word i'm looking for you can you 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 remember that image of mm -hmm. dude looks big in a crowd shot and then stands up next to andre and you're just like what the fuck like he's even bigger than you than that. It's so it's so effective. It's wild. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get uh, Nikolai Volkov gets eliminated by Hogan. Uh, B. Brian oh, yeah. Blair of the Killer Bees gets thrown out by Andre. And then, okay, this is where it starts getting a little bit interesting, is you get, by this point in the match, the, 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 the crowd has been thinned, which means mm-hmm. Hogan and Andre get their moment to, to stare off with each other. Oh, yeah. And it's a pretty sweet visual. Like, everyone kind of understands how big of a moment this is. Literally, when Andre and Hogan start trading punches, you can see Hillbilly Jim in the background of the shot looking on in awe. He's like, oh, shit. It's the real shit right here. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're throwing down. They're, it's The crowd is going wild. And then the heels come to break it up because they're a bunch of dicks. And uh, of course they, they do. They see an opportunity, and but eventually but it doesn't work. Hogan ends up uh, fighting him off, and he throws out Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. But then, as Hogan has his back to Andre at this point, Andre grabs Hogan by his by his hair by the li- by the few hairs that is still on Hogan. <laughs> he grabs it. He headbutts Hogan in the back of his head, <laughs> and then just shucks. Hogan out of the ring. Midway, we're oh in like the middle God. of the match. Like yeah. Not even at the end. We're we're like in the middle. And Hogan's yeah. out. Hogan gets yeeted surprisingly early. And it's, I, I'm glad they did it that way. Because it, it, it actually allows Andre a sense of power before the mm-hmm. inevitable of, of course, Hogan's going to beat him at WrestleMania. But, but it does yeah. allow him this moment of power in the lead up, right? I did appreciate yeah. the hell out of that. He he eliminates uh, Hogan because of course he does. He's that fucking powerful. Yeah, and... they're, they're having watched this now, this whole storyline through. They've done a fantastic job of making Andre seem like he he. This might be a mountain Hogan can't overcome. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Hogan's like... beaten everybody, but he might not actually be able to beat Andre. Yeah, they. I mean. For as much as we've been endlessly memeing about it, the one cool effect that the Hogan being completely unhinged in the face of Andre's stalwart stoicism, the the, the great effect that creates is it does lend Andre a sense of strength that Hogan just very actively, very visibly lacks. Mm -hmm. And... Again, we've been that that's been kind of our big meme for this whole arc of, of Hogan's like just losing his goddamn mind. But that strength does kind of carry over in in Andre's demeanor. It does make you feel he's self assured. He's not worried going into this match. And he does and he rightly doesn't feel like he has any need to be, because he's big and he's undefeated and he can kick Hogan's ass any day. And look, he just did with ease. Bye bye Hogan. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. So moment. then, so then we get, uh, then once Hogan is out of the match and there's only one superpower left in the match, so to speak, everyone else comes up, comes a partying to attack Andre. Yeah. They uh, finally all fucking get on the same page. Like, you know, we should. Yeah. David called this out earlier in the match. He's like, why doesn't everyone just gang up on Andre knowing that he's the biggest and strongest guy in there? Yeah. And like I yeah. want to, I want to, and I want to point out that's a totally valid thought. And like, 
in modern times, like Andre won a ton of battle Royals in his career. It was kind of a signature of his to do, but in comparison, the big show has won very few battle Royals in his career. And part of that is because they always do a spot where everybody teams up and is like, wait, <laughs> big show is the biggest and strongest guy here. Let's get yep. him out. <laughs> yup. Yeah. They, they, it's so funny to me that that was almost like a taboo move mm -hmm. to pull ye back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't ganging up, ganging up on a dude. That's that's bad. That's that's bad form. It's gotta be yeah. It's gotta be disallowed because we gotta make Andre look powerful. So everybody's gotta mm -hmm. take a bunch of stupid pills to compensate. Right. Even though I feel like you could make Andre look even stronger if you have a zillion people trying to gang up on him and he still fucking breaks out of it. I feel like that mm -hmm. would be used to great effect. And it's unfortunate they don't it doesn't seem like they really did that a whole lot when yeah. Andre was in Battle Royals. But whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I laughed at uh, yeah, Andre throws out jumping Jim Brunzel and I laughed at this because I was because uh, when the commentary point out that was who Jim Brunzel the, who that was is Jim Brunzel like tried to like dive up onto Andre and then Andre just picked him up through him out and I was like well he's he jumped yep <laughs> jumping Jim Brunzel he's keeping to the name he yep bye yeah, but then Andre gets overwhelmed and gets thrown out by eight men. He gets thrown yep. out by Hillbilly Jim, both members of Demolition, Axe and Smash, Billy Jack Haynes, Butch Reed, Tama of the Islanders, and Coco Beware. Yeah, he. Uh, it was almost kind of wild to me that Andre lost too, but mm -hmm. I guess at the end of the day, this wasn't his fight to super-duper win either. Yeah, on, like as much as this whole match is it was absolutely about Hogan and Andre, I do kind of appreciate that neither of them win, so that like someone else can get like the moment and hmm. win uh, and winning the match. So from there, it kind of quickly, kind of it, it quickly kind of uh, uh, thins out a bit to the fact that I didn't even remember these guys got eliminated. And in order, Tama gets eliminated by Hercules. Uh, Axe of Demolition gets thrown out by Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim gets thrown out by Smash of Demolition. And then from there, it's the final five. And as I noted to David, uh, they paired this up nicely where Butch Reed and Coco Beware have a match at WrestleMania. They're still in the match. Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes have a match at Mania. They're still in the match. And Smash yep. is there too. <laughs> I, I appreciate that again. It seems like there was some intelligent planning that went into this match. Mm -hmm. Kudos. Yep. So Butch Reed gets thrown out by Coco Beware. Bada bing, bada boom. And then from there, it pairs off into 2v2 because you got the two heels, uh, Hercules and Smash, and the two baby faces, Billy Jack Haynes and Coco Beware. Yeah. So it's, it's, we got to get some nice two on two action. Eventually, Coco is thrown out by Hercules. And from there, it becomes two on one. And who? Uh, and and Jesse Ventura is having a ball on commentary at this. <sighs> oh yeah, no, I will. Ventura, first of all, shout out to Ventura for also shit talking Hogan during this mm -hmm. during this fight. Uh, he was spitting some facts, but yeah, he's 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 going he's going he's going hog wild for the for the heels kind of coming out for this one. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so, and uh, Hercules Hernandez ends up with the dub. Neat. He does. Uh, Smash and 
uh, to say how it happened. Smash and Hercules, they're beating down on Billy Jack Haynes, but then a malfunction at the junction happens, and old Smash accidentally hits Hercules, and then Billy Jack Haynes throws out Smash. So it's down to Billy Jack and Hercules. They're going to have the match. And then it, Billy Jack ha- seems like he has it won. Then mm. Bobby Heenan comes, jumps up and distracts Billy Jack. And Billy Jack, like an idiot, no, pays attention to Bobby Heenan. And then yep. Hercules throws Billy Jack Haynes out of the ring. Get out. Man, the, the evergreen moves of someone taking a stupid pill to actually take the bait on distraction and hitting someone of your own morality by accident because you fucked up the thing those are just evergreen they'll never they're 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 omnipresent they will always be and always have been they will truly never go away it's not even the last malfunction at the junction in this show nope not remotely no so hercules gets the big win gets the battle royal win and after the neat yeah, after the match, we get uh, another promo from Andre and Heenan and another promo from Hogan. Yeah. Uh, Heenan and, and Andre are celebrating. Heenan, he's glad because a member of his family got the dub. And he, as they both pointed out, is they're like, is Andre's feeling good even in defeat because uh, it took eight men to eliminate me, but one giant was going uh, to throw out Hulk Hogan. Hogan, yeah. Also, you know what? I want to shout this out, too. Look at Andre being legitimately happy for his friends getting a win, even though he wasn't the one who won. Hogan, Mm. take fucking notes. Yep. Andre was very supportive of Heenan, someone else, one of other Heenan's clients getting a win. It was so wholesome. Heenan comes up and said, we won. And Hogan's, or Andre's like, yeah. Like, yeah, that's sweet. You celebrate for your teammates and your friends legitimately. And you don't make it all about yourself. Hogan. 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 I don't understand, dude. Terry. Uh, Then Hogan, Hogan, he cuts the promo just kind of being sad. (laughs) He accuses Andre of having always been a cheater. Great. <laughs> Thank you. But otherwise, is just kind of like mad that he lost. Waka, waka, yep. waka. Yep. From there, we get uh, the, the, the Heart Foundation's first time. <laughs> uh, Defending the tag titles, that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, so I'll, we I'll, get... All of the members of the of the Hart Foundation in uh, Jimmy and then Brett and Jim Neidhart, all like in promos, they're like, "This is this is my first time. Uh, this is my first time." <laughs> and it's like, I'm gonna keep thanks. making these innuendos. I jokes. hate it. This is this is a whole night of thanks. I hate it. Also, mm-hmm. before that, we get Jake Roberts being interviewed by by Gene Okerlund. And oh yeah, I forgot this match. I'm supposed sorry. it again. Supposed face jake roberts is waving fucking damien the snake in gene's face and gene is clearly squicked out by it and jake clearly doesn't give a shit and is clearly reveling in the fact that he's kind of squicking out gene with damien fuck off dude yeah as uh to cycle back when i mentioned uh faces who shouldn't be faces uh-huh cycling back 
Jake Roberts. Now, I get why it happened in the sense that the fans really, really love the DDT get him. He then he places his giant snake on people thing. They they love that. They you saw it on this episode when he hits the DDT on Bundy. The crowd goes bananas. Oh god. But oh, as know. a char- in terms of like his character actions, he's still doing everything he did as a heel just to other heels. So it's kind of fucked. Uh case in point, he mentions that he has been, he has not fed Damien in a month. Yeah. What snakes are supposed to eat like once a week? What the yeah, fuck, dude? That is animal abuse, sir. It's not, yeah, not, not made not made better by the fact that I am aware that in that IRL Jake Roberts didn't treat those snakes very well. Are you kidding uh, me? Nah, nah. Of <laughs> like, course not. So that makes this kind of bit worse. But any keeping it kayfabe, he still hasn't fed this snake in a month, and it's like, what, dude, dude. He otherwise is still being creepy, and he suggests he's going to feed uh, J- Damien King Kong Bundy. Yeah. And he says something to the effect of, like, now we feed. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Gross. He just <laughs> continues to it. act like a weird Stop. serial killer. Yeah. He's a baby face now. Yeah. Poor Gene just seems so, just, he's so concerned. And and Jake doesn't give a shit. Why? Why do? Why are we being so mean to Gene? Gene is the best of, of all of us. He Gene deserves is great. So much better. Oh yeah, my he god! He doesn't yeah. deserve to deal with this bullshit. Yeah, and then we get we head into the ring, and Jake the Snake Roberts puts the bag with Damien the Snake in the corner, and Bundy immediately gravitates to that corner, like, what the fuck is a Chekhov's gun? What is this? Uh, and I will say, like, I've never really thought of it before right now, but it's like, dude, it's kind of fucked up. You keep the bag with the live snake in it in the ring where you could step on it. You know, I well, again, we've established he doesn't treat the snake very fucking well. So shocking, shocking right, there. But there are, people, there are other people who, who are in charge of these matches that should be stopping this. <laughs> you know, also, does it really I feel like calling Damien in the corner a Chekhov's gun is way too dignified for that shtick at this point. He does it every goddamn time. Yeah, like, like a, you th- a Chekhov's gun, it really, like, it should have like, some like, level of, like, surprise and suspense. It, like, yeah, you know well, what's it, gonna it, happen. Like, like, like the, the, rule, the, the rule doesn't even imply that. It's, you know, if there's a gun, it's going to go off. But, mm-hmm. like, the, there's a certain level of, of profundity to that. Wherein, where, wherein you can, you can ascribe something to 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 that gun being there, something meaningful, so something that says yes, this gun is here and it means something that it's here and yada yada. But like, but it's just every fucking time. It, there's no profundity anymore. It's well, yeah, Jake the snake is here, so of course the goddamn snake's gonna get involved and it's gonna be really a, a problem for everybody. Yep. Uh, event. We get a hilarious moment that unfortunately is settled via commercial during the commercial break. Yeah, what the hell? As we go to commercial, as we're going to commercial break, Bobby Heenan runs out and steals Damien <laughs> and Face? tries to run off with a bag. Yeah, and good. And and Jake Roberts runs after him, and we cut back from commercial, and Jake Roberts is walking back out with a bag. Okay, I'm glad you noticed that because I also had in my notes lame that Roberts got it back off screen. 
Yeah, I wanted to see him kick Bobby Heenan's ass to get that bag back. That would have been funny. I know. Oh, man. They still were. They still, in these early days, they did not know how to film shit for TV. They they were so lost as to how to build a televised narrative. Oh, my God. Nah. It was at that moment I realized wild of an episode we got today, this week. Yeah. Also, yeah. again, Heenan doing something fucking based by trying to get Damien away from his fucking abusive owner. Thank you. Anyway, the match. Also, uh, I, I want to point off after point out after Hogwild. Goddamn, this is how you do a test of strength. We had we 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 had Bundy overpowering Robert, and it was it's a relatively stationary thing to do a test of strength. But there was an actual struggle, and 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 Snake was pushing back and clearly vibrating as he tried to overcome Bundy's hold on him. It wasn't just those dudes just standing there motionless for a couple minutes on end. It you're, saying, actually... you're saying that if you're doing a test of strength, you shouldn't just like stand there and hold hands and just kind of act like you're struggling a little bit. It's yeah, just... you know, shocking. I, I know I'm I'm throwing out some high level wrestling theory at the moment, but <laughs> just an idea. I think that a test of strength should not be quite so static just my two cents well i i I think that hog wild match was nothing but static i think that was part of the problem i think oh yeah no that entire time i didn't i didn't like hear words or sounds or impacts or anything all i heard during that match was (laughs) for about 10 minutes and then and then Hogan said some kind of cool things before spray painting the belt. So it's fine little, but we're not here to talk about that anymore. Thank God. Uh, nah, it's been a few weeks. You can go back and yeah. watch episode 49. Hey, shameless plug. Yes. Um, anyway, back but, to King Kong Bundy and Jake Roberts. Uh, I feel like an okay match for the most part. And then the, yeah, end, right. the end was kind of weird though. <laughs> Again, Again with, with the understanding Jake that Jake Roberts is the baby face. Face. Right. So what happens is, is eventually Roberts decides to just grab Damien and and swing it at at um at uh Bundy, yep. and the ref is like, "Hey, hey, dude, you can't no, do that. That's not allowed." <laughs> and so Jake Roberts knees him in the gut. Knees him in the. <laughs> he just he just grabs him and wham. And the ref is like, yeah, I'm going to call that, DQ that's a, now. That's a DQ. And of course the match keeps going and they keep having to ring the bell like, gentlemen, gentlemen. But, gentlemen, but dear God. Over. It's and done. And, oh, and, and then the Roberts- worst part is, it's fucking like, is, is, they, they, they keep going at it for a little bit. But eventually Bundy decide, decides, fuck this, I won, rolls away. And Jake's trying to, trying to let Damien loose again. And Bundy's gone, so he can't. So he fucking turns on the ref and Vince McMahon, the, and again, I can't stress this enough, face announcer is like, oh, I, I wish, I wish you would stick Damien on that ref there. And and Jesse Ventura, rightly, Jesse Ventura, the heel, rightly is like, Vince, what the fuck? Yeah, so, so yeah, they keep fighting back and eventually Dan- he hits the DDT, crowd goes bananas. So that leads, of course, to the part where he takes Damien, he lays him on top of his, his unconscious opponent, as yes. he does. And the referee tries to stop him. He literally, like, knee tackles him. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. He, like dive tackles at Jake and cause him to knock over and drop Damien. And that yeah. is how, and that's how Bundy escapes. And so, yeah, he starts swinging it at the referee and the referee hightails it. And yeah, Vince McMahon, because again, as I said, in this company, if you're a babyface, you can get away with any anything you do is the morally correct decision, and anything a heel does is the morally incorrect decision. So Vince McMahon is put in the I'm going to call it unenviable task of justifying attacking a referee with a snake. Yeah, it, but but here's the thing: you could have justified it in a way that doesn't make you sound like a complete and total psychopath. He does. Like, he so, just, was so excited for this. Oh my god! He could have just been like, "Oh, heat of the moment. It, it happens to the best of us." But no, he's actively rooting for that ref to get bitten by a snake. What the, the fuck, Vince? Yeah, and when and when Jesse calls him out on how the fact that he is asking for a WWF official to get attacked by a live an dangerous animal. Yep. The best justification that Vince can give is he was just really excited to see Damien attack somebody. Yeah, like he's some mindless, he's one of the fucking mindless fans. Get the fuck out of here, my dude. Nah, nah, we're not playing this game. Oh, God. So I mean, again, a, great a, indicator of who Vince McMahon is as a person, but like, Jesus. What a chaotic cluster to end oh. this match uh oh, yeah. okay. yes yeah, so i sorry i skipped over that let's get back to the heart foundation in their tag their first time oh god <laughs> they are taking they are defending their titles against tito santana and dangerous dan spivey uh yep Dan Spivey is a whatever, don't care, and Tito Santana is Mexican, and you can bet that, that Jesse Ventura will remind you. Also, wait, 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 before before we go, before we go into the match itself, um uh I have a note. I what was the gene segment after this? Because I just wrote down poor gene seems so beleaguered. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So they're interviewing the Hart Foundation about this. And they're 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 talking about their first events and they are they want oh, to make yeah. sure that this match will be fairly enforced. And so, yeah. so we will have our very own observer on the outside. And that observer is none it's other none other than Danny, than Danny Davis. Damn Davis, because of course it is. And Danny Davis is over here looking like Jack Skellington's uh dollar store cousin <laughs> in in this weird Jack, Jack Skellington's dopey brother from the Bronx. Dopey brother from the Bronx born in a dollar tree. Like he, he's in this <laughs> pinstripe jacket thing and the lines are super thin and it's got tails but he's wearing like a ref color speedo under instead yeah. of any pants. And he has just like a t-shirt underneath that. And he's only buttoned the first and third buttons. And, yeah, also, okay. and also the jacket looks like it's made out of fucking spandex. What yes. the fuck? It is, it is such a look. And I don't know what to make of it, really. Yeah, I don't know either. But, but he makes a snarky remark about how he's well, about he, about how he is well he is good for this position because of his famously unbiased officiating. And they're all laughing because they get there. They all, everyone's in on the joke here. Mm. And so we get to the match. 
And uh, Matt. Oh, also real, but also real quick before we get to the match, we have fucking Steamboat posting cringe in a mini promo. Oh yeah, he's like dressed up in his best Ryu cosplay, and he's like, "I'm, I'm gonna kick Randy Savage's ass." I'm a dragon. I spit fire. I'm a yeah. I'm a dragon. I spit. Oh, it was so cringy. I just had to point out the cringe, the atomic levels of cringe emanating from. From Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Yes. Anyway, sorry. So, Carry on. Uh, our tag title match. Uh, fun times, I guess. I was it. It was all right. See, yeah. I learned the moral of the story is even if D- Danny Davis isn't refing, you just don't tell Jim Neidhart the rules ever, ever, ever. If you tell Jim Neidhart the rules, that means the the you're you're distracted as a ref and you're going to end up missing something important. Because that happens, again, even though it's not Danny Davis, we still have to have the Telly Nightheart to stay in the fucking corner spot, and of course it backfires. Yeah, they... So much shenanigans. Jim Nightheart be like, never tell me the rules! Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that J- that Jesse Ventura said nothing racist on commentary. Yeah, uh, kudos he, to him. He, he, says a, he says his Tito Santana commentary is... Uh, iffy so thankfully he only just insisted on calling him chico which is what he always does but he said nothing else i've i've heard plenty i've heard plenty of commentary of him talking about tito's taco truck so anyway as we get to the end of the match because there's not really anything worth mentioning before oh except for that was we talked about malfunction at the junction and the heart foundation where Brett and Jim hit each other on accident once. Yep, yep. Because, uh, because again, even though it's not a Danny Davis match, we also have to have the spot of of conjunction at the junction malfunction. We still have to have that mm-hmm. spot because it's 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 early night. It's early Heart Foundation. Give them a break. This is the, what they, the, they go on. They go on to be great wrestlers. They start off in eh, they're 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 trying. Okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, what a night for the heels. I, I I will say toward the end, everybody's taking care of refs of the refs distraction. There there's a tag from from the good guys that the ref doesn't see, and 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 they just kind of say fuck it, we're gonna jump in there anyway. So everybody's breaking the rules a little bit because again, you can get away with things as a baby face. But still get a dub for Heart Foundation, and there is much rejoicing. Yay. Yes, uh, the match ends where, a bur- where Tito Santana has Bret Hart in a figure four leg lock. Yeah. And Danny Davis grabs the megaphone from Jimmy Hart. And I guess sneaks. He wasn't that subtle, not in that outfit. Uh, he sneaks halfway across the ring. And he jumps in the ring. He clocks Tio Santana in the head with the megaphone. And oh then Bret Hart pins him and wins. This is one of those things of like you roll you roll a five on your stealth check, but the but the enemy somehow manages to roll a fucking three on their perception. And so you get it anyway. Have you considered that the referees are always have a nat one in perception? Oh yeah, no. I, it is a requirement that as a as a ref for the WWF, your passive perception is like a negative two. Yeah, it's 
Nope. So it's the Heart Foundation win. I feel like I feel like we need to set up some sort of like retroactive charity for them. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. I'm blind. I'm deaf. I want to be a ref. Oh, oh God! They fed into the trope. No. Oh dear. Anyway, yes, Hearts win. Uh, we move on to our last match of the show, uh, but not our last thing on the show. Can't wait no. to get to that in this after this. Oh, fucking weird. We get Ricky Steamboat versus the Iron Sheik. Yeah, uh, I, I have to point out, too, at the top of the match, we get, like, Steamboat and Sheik logos on screen because Steamboat's the dragon and Iron Sheik is just Iron Sheik. But I fucking saw Iron Sheik's logo, and it's a wrestling boot, but it's got one of those fucking curly things on it. The yeah, the curl-toed boot. He wears the, those. the curl-toed boot. But it lo- it looks like a normal like American Western wrestling boot. They add the curl toe onto it, and I'm like, I don't like that logo. That feels a little racist. Shocking, because it's the Iron Sheik. And then I fucking look at him in ring and he's goddamn actually wearing boots like that. Yeah, that's that's the kind of boot he wears. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Well, he has to be suitably Iranian. His mustache is on point, though. I'll give him that. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to hear from the Iron Sheik say something to the lines of Iran number one America pooey. But. <clears throat> oh, man, I. I, I can I, I wish I could have been moved by such such profound words tonight. Oh yes. Man. Well the dragon comes out for the start of the match. Randy Savage is immediately here. Yeah. To throw down, having changed into his casual wear, which is a tie, which is in his jeans. He's got a tie-dye shirt and then like a sparkly leather jacket with macho man on the back. Yeah, it's so, still ostentatious as fuck, which is really not fun. not yep. So he tries to interfere, and the ref runs him off with <laughs> Jesse Ventura yelling on commentary about how this is unfair because Ricky Steamboat interfered in Randy's match. <laughs> Good point, Jesse. Yup, Jesse spitting facts again. But don't worry, because Macho Man is coming to the commentary table. Oh, yeah. He kicks Vince out of his seat and puts on a headset and so the entire rest of the match is randy savage talking talking shit on commentary because of course it is god the match is a whole the match itself is a whole lot of whatever uh iron Sheik is well past the age of like being good if he ever was so (laughs) and this is mostly just a match to give ricky a win so man yeah you you, you, home about you separate iron Sheik from uh nikolai volkov and the he he loses a lot of the luster mm. uh but you know you get a lot of of randy talking talking his trash being like oh that's what he like when ricky steamboat was doing well he's like well that's not gonna work on me he's never gonna pull it off against me yeah and... uh he, 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 he great great oration from Savage, good job. Wait, wait, hold up. Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, they never had, like, a pithy tag team name? No. The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. That's disappointing on a number of levels. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, 
but then um uh, Ricky gets the win and and then Savage immediately jumps up from the announce table. Big mad yell and starts yelling at Steamboat from the uh, from the ring. Yeah, very big mad TM. At one point, at one point, Savage picks up one of the announcer rolly chairs and threatens to throw it at Steamboat in the ring. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna throw this, even though he's several he's a couple hundred feet away i feel like and it's, there's like it's seven rows there's like seven rows of fans in front definitely of him. not gonna make yeah the commentary table is weirdly removed from ringside this time but yeah definitely mm. not gonna make it. but he he seems he seems so sure he seems so sure that he's he's gonna be able to make that throw and i'm like randy i know you're clearly on drugs right now but are you okay mm-hmm Thankfully, cooler heads prevail, and he yeah. doesn't try to throw that chair. And it just and that and they kind of just go their separate ways without too much of a kerfuffle. That's the little blessings, I suppose. Yes. And then our final thing of the night is Hot Rod. Roddy Piper is yeah. there, and they're giving and he gives an interview talking about how he's gonna retire at WrestleMania. He's retiring, and they oddly phrase sometimes phrase it sometimes like he's dying. <laughs> like oh yeah, the, the interview the, there is yeah, fucking, fucking, one of the someone will one man who will no longer us be soon. with yeah. us. That's a hell of a way to announce your retirement. Okay. Yeah, thank Piper does call him out on that, but Piper he kind of gives a thankful speech. He's like, you know, he's. It's been a fifteen long fifteen years, and WWF gave him more than anyone else ever has, but. He's going to Hollywood and he wants to give it 110%. He wants yeah. to give it his all. And how, you know, some nights the fans were throwing eggs at him and sometimes they were throwing roses, but he always gave it his all in wrestling and he's sad to be going. And, you know, to be fair, I do feel like if you're no longer going to work for Vince McMahon, you might as well not exist anymore in Vince McMahon's eyes. So, you know, that could explain the, the, the weirdly grave send-off being being given here mm -hmm. and then we get a highlight package of roddy piper's career set to some sad music <laughs> some sad stock music if ever i heard it yeah man vince does not like shelling out for for some memorable melodies sometimes mm -hmm. uh i i will the video is is kind of cheesy but i loved it and uh i'll be honest and part of why i loved it is also they showed a lot of his like big moments even when he was a heel mm -hmm. that was yeah. probably the biggest takeaway i had of that is that is that even though he's a baby face they didn't shy away from his heel moments like um when he hit jimmy snook in the head with a coconut or <laughs> when he shaved the head of little hate of the haiti kid or when he took Cindy Lauper's gold record and smashed it over Captain Lou Albano's head. Yeah, they got some weird clips in there, dude. They they were not they they did not go with the most dignified look, but I kind of respect that. Hell of a way to to celebrate his non-retirement, non-permanent retirement. Yeah, like knowing that he's going to be back in the WWF within like two years kind of takes away from this video package and that's unfair because that's me in the future knowing how this yeah. plays out you know like at yep. the time you couldn't have possibly known that that was that he was gonna fail in hollywood and he would just be back in wrestling and it was Look, it was he, a nice 
Go, go on. Sorry. I say it's, it's a nice video package and without I sure without context as you'd expect. But like if you're someone who, who had been following Roddy Piper's whole career, it's that's fair. And it, uh, you know, at least he at least he got to go on and make they live. That, that was pretty dope. So that's you know, true. You got one cool thing out of it. But no, the the theme of Roddy Piper having to return to WWF under less than ideal circumstances is a um a sad one to say the least. Yeah. Um. So we get we get this the sappy video package. It hits mm-hmm. the hits the high points it it probably should have, mm-hmm. and then after that we get the sign off from Vince and Jesse, and that is our show. That was it. That didn't mean jack shit, but okay, it existed. Yeah, the show. Because as we just keep been harping on for two episodes of this now, thank God next time is our last time in this this story. And it's actually like what we fucking came here for. Right. They're clearly spinning their wheels because they already have everything set up for Mania. Because that's the way they pace these stories in 1987. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if anything, I appreciate that this episode was just a continuation of uh, an expansion, if you will, on the theme of if you're a face in this area, you can get away with whatever the fuck you want. And it's no goddamn wonder that almost all of the faces here are actually kind of shitty people in some form or other. But we're just going to hand wave it away because they're popular, I guess. Yeah, last two matches were the only ones where the baby faces didn't do anything too questionable. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Got nothing bad to say about Tito and Dan Spivey and Ricky Steamboat is the purest baby face that's ever existed. This is true, but uh, he was also cringy, so, you know, that's that's a sin of its own. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, nobody, so, nobody, uh, ev- everybody has blood on their hands, Austin. <laughs> no. <clears throat> uh, no, eth- no ethical wrestling under WWF. <laughs> No ethical wrestling under Vince McMahon. Yeah. Anyway, I I do appreciate it's continued our theme of like babyface. The morality system in this era is fucked. And even if if it's gonna be a wheel spinny episode, I'm glad that they just made it weird and crazy. It was it was dumb and silly. Whatever. I, like I'm glad I had a lot to talk about tonight. I'm glad it was only an hour long. <laughs> That's also true. Mercifully short this yep. one. But next time we are in next time we are in eighty seven episode fifty seven. We are going to go uh, to for... WrestleMania three. I'm pretty excited yeah. for that at least. I am looking forward to WrestleMania three. That'll be a good time. Unironically. I'm just so oh, we can a little bit of a slog to get there, but we we made it eventually. Yep. Now for next time on this podcast, we return to Lucha Underground again in Royal Heights, California. As we we reach the end of the trios tag tournament, we oh, get yeah. we will get the last participants in that trios tag tournament as well as the the winner. Oh, the first ever trios tag team champions will penta break some more arms probably definitely will, will. yeah will will hernandez and prince puma keep having some weird beef 
Will oh, definitely. He, will Black Lotus come back back to the temple yet? Who knows? Questions and mm. more. Same, same bat time, same same Lucha time, same Lucha channel. Same there we go. Lucha place. Yeah. This is Boilhead, California, of course. Of course. But that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir, my friends, my dear, dear friends. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We were so delighted to have you here. If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, what have you. We are so delighted that you choose to spend your time week after week with us here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We love your company. If you are brand new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope you've had a great time. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think that we are uh, friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you be brand new to this whole wild world of wrestling or you are a veteran of the fandom, uh, a knockout, if you will, we are so happy that you are here uh we hope you've had a great time if you'd like to continue to have a great time with us we welcome you and if you're not entirely sure how to keep having a uh, good time with us not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can subscribe to us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every time we drop a new episode it's roughly once a week just as a hint uh uh be sure to to like comment all the little good engagement it helps with the algorithm it's a great time add us to your playlists your favorites is your watch later is uh check out our playlist austin is kind enough to organize all the arcs we follow into their own little separate playlist that you can kind of individually follow so if, if there's a specific set of episodes arc storyline era whatever that you want to specifically follow without having to do too much jumping around you can follow them in those particular playlists it's all nice and easy and organized it's wonderful uh and uh is if you're watching some of our more recent episodes you can see our lovely lovely faces on screen as well uh as we as we uh talk with our hands and move our crazy faces around to express our joy or confusion or general indignance at whatever the fuck's going on on screen week after week uh however there is also plenty of audio only options you can find us namely on three of the best places to find your podcast you can find the noobs and knockouts podcast on spotify on apple podcast and on google podcast three phenomenal places download us rate us review us whatever the hell you do to, to, to boost our metrics and say these guys are pretty dope and tell the whole world, hey, you should probably come check these out. These guys are pretty cool. Maybe more people should be listening to them. I'm just saying. So check out the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and Google. All of our episodes are easily found there as well, all for free. Uh, and of course, uh, we are not just uh, on, our, on our general media platforms. We're on social media platforms as well. You can Find multiple ways to communicate with us outside of our show. First of all, first and foremost, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, point, I can never remember which way to point. Uh, at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm pointing to it at uh, pointing at it on screen right now. At Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. We uh, we 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 tweet all the time. We're 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 dropping dank memes. We're engaging with the discourse. Uh, uh, we love to engage with the broader wrestling fandom on a whole, check our DMs and all that good shit. Uh, we, we post every single time we drop a new episode, so you all know what the hell's going on. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is the live tweeting 
of weekly wrestling, uh, plus some. Austin, my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course. Uh, upcoming, as always, every Wednesday night on TNT at 8 p.m. Eastern is AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. Next, next, this upcoming week is on my birthday, actually. So that's oh, going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, but we dynamite AEW every single week. We uh, live tweet it because this is the show I most consistently watch live. But in addition, we also cover WWE live pay per view events as well as AEW and Impact Wrestling's too. Uh, so upcoming is WWE Day One. Uh, that is is called that because it is on January first. 2022 i'm gonna be probably not watching that one because that's a big college football day but i'm gonna <sighs> go ahead and mention it anyway if it's if you would like to watch it then i would like to i will go ahead and tell you that's not coming nice uh in the meantime but also we have impact wrestling's next pay-per-view hard to kill on january Ooh. 8th 2022 we that's already have yep we already have Two matches on the line. Uh, we got Mickey James, the Impact Knockouts World Champion, absolute legendary wrestler, one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time, taking on Deanna Perrazzo, one of the greatest Impact Knockouts World Champion of all time. That's very exciting. In addition, we're going to have the very first ever Knockouts Ultimate X match. Now, the Ultimate X match is a match where normally it's a match for the Flippy Boys to do big flippy things off <laughs> of giant, off of wires, so they can climb to grab an, a big X. And oh, hell yeah. for the first time ever, we're letting the women in on the fun, and the winner will get a, not a shot at the Impact Women Knockouts title. Oh, hell yeah. Of course, that pay-per-view is still about a month or so away, so there's time, plenty more time for many more matches to be announced. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, either way, it's all going to be a great time, whether it's a pay-per-view mm -hmm. or the weekly AEW Dino Might and Rampage. Be sure to check all of that out. Um, Austin does a great job at the live tweeting. Sometimes I hop on as well uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, every now and again. Uh, it's, it's a great time. I can speak from experience when I say Austin's a phenomenal person to spend your time watching wrestling with, even if it's in a digital-only format. Uh, very funny, very insightful, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So be sure to check that out as well. You can also email us. We have an email account. You can email us at noobsandknockspod, uh, or sorry, pardon me, noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Uh, that is our email account where you can get into direct contact with us you can you can uh you can hit us up there tell us what you like about the show what you don't like uh uh suggestions and things you want to see on future episodes arcs you want us to follow eras you want us to check out companies you want us to look at special event episodes you might want to see anything of that sort we're always down for hearing ideas just come and discourse with us yell at us for our weird hot takes uh, uh anything we just we just love people coming to say hi uh, and we love saying hi back so if you have uh, any interest in getting direct contact with our show you can hit us up at noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com and finally we are on patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode see y'all next time hasta luego